everyone. This is Jimmy Hawk, and thank you for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 17 of Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Today's topic is Iowa versus Colorado State. The afternoon game Saturday at Kinnick Stadium, and it was not a pretty one, but it was a W, so all is well in the end. But I had a prediction of 45-10, to 10, and I felt pretty strongly about it. I was even questioning the 10 points I was giving to Colorado State, wondering if I should give them two or three field goals instead of a touchdown and a field goal after you know, realizing they had, only, they had five field goals in their win against Toledo. Their only TD was on special teams, a 70-yard punt return. But I also had some thoughts creeping into my head a little bit. Obviously, I didn't let it get in the way of my prediction of 45-10. to 10. And, you know, this was a 23-point spread game right around there. So the Hawkeyes were heavily favored by pretty much every source. But I did wonder a little bit about the Colorado State defense. All four defensive linemen were seniors back from last year. And last year they just played four games, but they averaged 10.5 tackles for loss per game. Led by Scott Patchen. He's a, a transfer from Miami. And, you know, the defense overall had 10 starters returning, so a really veteran club. On offense, they had eight starters back. You know, they are breaking in a new quarterback who's a fifth-year senior. And he looked pretty good on Saturday, especially early on. You know, Colorado State kind of looks like Iowa in, in, in some of the schemes they run on both offense and defense, other than the fact that Colorado State has that mobile quarterback, but very physical at the line of scrimmage. The 4-3 defense, I thought Iowa was, was going to be able to push them around more than they did. It was a struggle at times for the Hawkeyes, uh, especially with that, that young offensive line. You know, I think that was, was one of the big issues, that young offensive line going against a really veteran defensive front for Colorado State. Well, you know, another factor I wondered about was head coach Steve Adazio. He was in year two with the Colorado State Rams, but he played against the Hawkeyes not long ago. I believe it was the 2017 Pinstripe Bowl. He was the head coach at Boston College at the time, so he would be pretty familiar with the Hawkeyes after spending a few weeks of preparation uh, to get ready to play the Hawkeyes in that bowl game. Uh, the biggest thing to me, I think, that got me thinking blowout, though, and I, you know, obviously I wasn't alone on that. I, I think pretty much everyone thought Iowa would roll in this game uh, mostly because they gave up 42 points to the South Dakota State Jackrabbits in game one, which was a home loss. They gave up 24 points to Vanderbilt in the loss. But then they only gave up six to Toledo. And, you know, you look at Toledo now, the Rockets are 2-2 two and two after a win over Ball State, 22-12 to 12 on Saturday. And if you recall, Toledo only lost to Notre Dame by three. And Colorado State's defense just really dominated in a 22-6 win over the Rockets, who scored 29 against Notre Dame. So I think this really, you know, this really is a veteran Colorado State team. Uh, it looks like they're just kind of coming together. They, they started the season off really poorly, and they've kind of just gotten better as the season's gone along. Well, let's go back and review some of the key plays in Saturday's hard-fought win over the Colorado State Rams. The Rams got the ball first. It was a windy day at Kinnick. It was a rare kickoff from Caleb Shudak that was returnable. Colorado State returned it to the 32. Hawkeyes got a three and out. And, boy, the Rams have a heck of a punter, just as the Hawkeyes do. And his first punt went 59 yards, but luckily into the end zone for a touchback. Hawkeyes really struggling on offense early in this game. Couldn't get anything really going on the ground. Stalled a couple of drives, and the Rams did drive down to the 31-yard line 
and went for it on fourth down. But the pass was incomplete on fourth and two. The Hawkeyes took over on downs, but still struggling a little bit until they had a really, just a really good drive, a five-play, 87-yard drive that took less than two minutes off the clock. And it was started by the first explosive play of the day, a rare explosive play in the run game on Saturday for the Hawkeyes. It was their only explosive play on the ground. Tyler Goodson, 27-yard run. It got the Hawkeyes into decent field position. Then Arlen Bruce, the fourth, had a 13-yard jet sweep. And then the perfect pass by Spencer Petrus to another true freshman, Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce, both true freshmen. This was a 43-yard touchdown pass. One of the best passes Petrus has thrown. It just dropped right into Keegan's hands as he was approaching the goal line. Then things got a little bit dicey. The Hawkeyes had the ball on the seven-yard line after a nice punt uh, by the great punter Ryan Stonehouse, and the Hawkeyes went three and out. Torrey Taylor had a rare shank, although you know this may have been caused more by some Rams players that were rushing got pretty close to blocking that punt, but it only went 22 yards. The Rams took over on the 35-yard line, and this was the Centeo drive with quarterback Todd Centeo having some nice plays, including a 10-yard touchdown run. The Hawkeyes really had trouble containing him early in the game. The Hawkeyes and Spencer Petrus went back to Keegan Johnson with another beautiful pass and catch, 49 yards for the true freshman. After a couple of completions to Sam Laporta, it was first and goal at the Colorado State 14, and Iowa tried a wide receiver tunnel screen. The play was just blown up by the quarterback, Robert Floyd, and I think he was the guy that had been burned a couple of times already on the long passes, but he was all over Tyrone Tracy from the start. That play just wasn't there. I don't know if, if Spencer could have audibled when he saw the quarterback playing so closely to Tracy, or at least he should have thrown it out of bounds or at, at Tracy's feet to avoid the interception there because he, he sniffed out that play from the very beginning. The Rams took over after returning the ball all the way down to the 23-yard line, and it took just four plays for them to get into the end zone where those turnovers can just wreak havoc on a, on a game. And it was halftime. Hawkeyes are down 14-7. to Obviously did not see that coming, but this you know, really looked like a well-coached veteran team the Hawkeyes were facing, and the senior D linemen were really playing good football against the Hawkeyes' young offensive line. Second half started as a showcase for the excellent punters on both teams, uh, just exchanging punts, but the game changed a bit when Jack Campbell jumped on a fumble. Seemingly just from the handoff, uh, the running back was trying to secure the ball and somehow lost it. Jack Campbell, who was all over the field in this game, pounced on it for the Hawkeyes. And then next came one of the best offensive play calls of the game. It was the Statue of Liberty reverse to Tyrone Tracy Jr. for the six-yard TD run. Well, the Hawkeyes' defense was dialed in at this point. Phil Parker, the other coaches, the, the leaders on that defense of team, you know, obviously made some adjustments, uh, an attitude adjustment going into that second half, and Colorado State couldn't do anything offensively after having a pretty nice offensive first half. Well, the next Hawkeyes' drive was another TD, and it was another great play call by Brian Ferentz. It was a fake tunnel screen. Uh, with Spencer doing the pump fake, and then nobody stayed with tight end Sam Laporta. He was wide open, took the Petrus pass into the end zone for a 27-yard touchdown. The Hawkeyes would tack on a field goal after the Charlie Jones fumble on a reverse that put the offense in a tough spot. Uh, they had gotten down to the 14-yard line, but then had it at the 27 after the fumble. Caleb Shudek was money, hit a 45-yard field goal, and that was pretty much it. You know, As I mentioned, the defense was just locked in in that second half. 
Colorado State's offensive series in the second half started out with a three and out, a fumble, three and out. They had a four-play drive, um, turned it over on downs after that amazing sequence where Laporta was called for unsportsmanlike conduct for spinning the football after his touchdown. Iowa had to kick 15 yards further back than normal, and Shudak kicked it out of bounds, and I couldn't believe that Colorado State was given the ball on the 50-yard line. You know, that makes sense. That's the rule. They, they kicked it. Instead of getting it on the 35, they got it on the 50 because the Hawkeyes kicked 15 yards further back. But I just don't know if I'd ever seen that before. I, I couldn't remember seeing that. Uh, instead of getting it at the 35, it's at the 50. Unbelievable field position. But the Hawkeyes got the ball back and then just kind of ran out the clock, and Colorado State couldn't do anything on offense. This game did not go as planned for the Hawkeyes, but hey, they were down at halftime. They came back in the second half and had a nice half of football, especially on the defensive side, but also with those explosive plays on offense. And they got the win. They, they were in an uncomfortable situation, back against the wall, and they came through. So hopefully they can take away those positives from this game. A lot of good game film to watch and just keep improving week to week, which is what we know the Hawkeyes typically do. But I really like some of the things we saw from this offense on Saturday. Spencer Petras is looking like a quarterback. He was 15 of 23, 224 yards, a 9.7 yard average per attempt, two touchdowns. He had the one ill-advised pass on the interception, and it was his first interception over 160 passes. I believe that's a new record for a quarterback under Coach Kirk Ferentz, the 160-plus passes. So pretty impressive there. The running game was a little bit disappointing in this one, only 54 yards in total. But Petrus had a couple of sacks, a total minus 17 yards. That goes against that number. Uh, he had one for sure he should have thrown away. Again, he needs to be watching game film. And when he's rolling outside of the pocket there, outside of the tackle box, instead of tucking it and taking the sack, he just has to fling it out of bounds, pass the line of scrimmage, and not lose that yardage. But then there's also a Charlie Jones fumble. It goes into the books as a minus 13-yard rush. So there's 30 yards there that were taken out of out of that rushing category. Tyler Goodson had 18 rushes, 57 yards, a 3.2-yard average. There were eight tackles for loss in this game for Colorado State, and that's just too many. It really puts the offense in a difficult position when it's you know, a second and 13. Um, and then if they run again and, and only get a few yards, you still have a third and long. really makes your, your third down kind of a one-dimensional thing. Everybody knows you're going to likely pass the ball or you're just going to concede and run it and probably have to punt. So that made it difficult in this game. The offensive line really struggled opening holes in the rushing game. Uh, they seem to do a little bit better in pass protection. And then I think the running backs need to hit the hole a little bit harder. Uh, if you look at Liddell Betts, he was a really north-south runner when he played for the Hawkeyes. And so I think they'll look at the game film and they'll correct that. Uh, and I, I get why they're doing it. They're, they're, they're not seeing a hole there and kind of stopping and trying to juke and, and make a move behind the line of scrimmage. But I'd rather see him get one, two, three yards instead of losing a couple, you know, two, three yards on some of those running plays. But, you know, that's, that's what the offense is really struggling with right now is, is running the football. They did a great job last week against Kent State, but now they had a really veteran team they were playing against. So they just have to get back to work. That offensive line has to get that rotation uh, working a little bit better. Keegan Johnson gets my game ball on offense. He had two receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. The first catch ever for the true freshman was a 42-yard TD. Very, 
Impressive performance by him. Sam Laporta, four catches, 45 yards. Nice job utilizing Goodson out of the backfield. He had four catches for 34 yards. And I have to give a shout-out to Nico Regani. He had the great 34-yard catch on a nice pass by Petrus to get the ball out to him away from the defender, but he had to make some adjustments on the fly. He made a really nice catch on that ball. Overall, just 278 yards of offense. Um, not, not as much as Iowa would like, but the positive is they had six explosive plays, and Iowa defines those as plays that go over 20 yards. Five of those were passes by Petrus and the one Tyler Goodson run. Colorado State had a pretty good game plan, it seemed like. They really loaded the box. They blitzed a lot. And the Hawkeyes proved that they can beat teams that do that with these explosive pass plays. Uh, a lot of those came when the defense went into cover one, and Iowa exploited those one-on-one matchups. And on defense, Iowa only gave up 250 yards to the Rams, who had 155 in the air, 95 rushing. Quarterback Santeo's rushing had me concerned in the first half. But the Hawkeyes did a great job limiting him in the second half. It was just 16 of 30 passing for the 155 yards, 17 carries for just 19 yards by the time this one was over. The Rams averaged just two yards per rush on the day. My game ball goes to Jack Campbell on the defense. It's an easy pick. He had 18 tackles. He was just all over. It seemed like he was in on every play. Recovered the fumble before Iowa's second TD that tied the game. And then Seth Benson had 11 tackles, 1.5 for loss. Hankins and Jacobs with eight tackles. I need to give some love to that defensive line. They really played well, especially in that second half. Zach Van Valkenburg, five tackles, two and a half for loss. He seemed to be in the backfield all the time. John Wagner, Lucas Van Ness, and Logan Lee each had a sack against the Rams. Well, I was impressed by Colorado State's defense in this game. The all-senior defensive line was really physical. Going to give the Hawkeyes a lot to look at on film this week. Eight tackles for loss is something they're going to they're really be working on. And the Hawkeyes will need to continue to grow and improve every week. Wondering if they're going to start kind of bringing that rotation down a little bit on the offensive line. Maybe not playing as many guys, putting the top five guys out there as much as possible. But I know they, they need to have a rotation as well and, and uh, continue to give those guys work. I had to look at the punters, too. Uh, Colorado State had seven punts, 51.1-yard average. Torrey Taylor had eight. 43.5 average, but that includes the one shank when he was being hurried. You know, that may have been more due to poor blocking. I, I didn't look at it too closely, but I know he had a couple couple rushers coming in on him and he kicked it out of bounds. But on special teams, the game ball goes to Charlie Jones. He just continues to be fearless returning kicks. He had four punt returns for 66 yards, and he's just a real weapon back there for the Hawkeyes. So if you look at this, in reality, I mean, a win is a win, and that's what the Hawkeyes got on Saturday. In fact, it was the 10th win in a row for these Hawkeyes. These players are getting used to winning, and I like that. They're now on the longest winning streak in team history, except for the 12 games they, the Hawkeyes won in the 2015 season. And then Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. And, and, and quick note, Wisconsin lost. Minnesota lost. Nebraska lost. Iowa State lost. What a crazy... What a crazy weekend. Uh, all the teams around the Hawkeyes losing. Mizzou lost. But Iowa now has the longest non-conference winning streak in the nation with 15 straight wins against non-conference opponents. And that's really pretty impressive when you think of uh, four of those wins came against the Cyclones. Uh, one over Mississippi, Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl. USC in the Holiday Bowl. Boston College in the Pinstripe Bowl back in 2017. 
And that's when Colorado State's coach, Adazio, was coaching Boston College. So, hey, winning cures it all, and uh, it's, it's now a short turnaround. They just have to look at film, keep moving forward, getting better. They are going on the road to play Maryland in a Friday night matchup on Fox Sports 1. And really just hope to see a lot more explosive plays in that game. Maryland is a dangerous team. They have a good quarterback, and they seem to, to get a lot of explosive plays, so it's going to be fun watching the Hawkeye defense going up against that Maryland offense. The Hawkeyes are 4-0. That's all that matters right now. So let's keep the streak going next week. Go Hawks! Thank you.